But I do think that people should at least try to whatever their capability is. It doesn't have to be 300 pounds, but to try to get big as possible with bodybuilding food. That doesn't mean that you get a pizza every day. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally. Today, we have a special segment with Gary Turner. We are going to talk about uh, what well, we're going to catch up with him about his prep, but we're going to talk about best off-season practices. Of course, I'm joined by coaches Andrew Barry and Skip Hill. All of our programming is brought to you by True Nutrition, truenutrition.com. They support everything we do. If you guys want to support us, you can shop with them and use our code THINK. Uh, you can also support us by checking out our Patreon. We answer questions specifically from our Patreon people first. Um, oh, and one more thing. Uh, hit the like button if you guys enjoy the content. We appreciate all the feedback that we've been getting, guys. Uh, the show's been doing really good, but I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to bring Gary in. What's up, Gary? How you been, man? What's up, Scott? Andrew? Skip? How's everybody doing? Good, good. Great. What was good that, Skip? Jerry. Kind of like what? <laughs> it's a little dry. He's choking. <sighs> Man, we're excited to have you back, Gary. Um, to catch anybody up who hasn't watched our ongoing saga of videos with Gary, um, we've been podcasting with him for a while. Uh, I think most notably, you had pushed over three hundred pounds. It was it was it? Did you hit like three ten one Thanksgiving? 308 was the highest that was right before the 2020 prep. So that was, I was, you know, I was like 308 leading up to right when we started prep around when everything shut down okay. uh, right before COVID. Uh, then, you know, I jumped into prep then and hoped to God that any kind of show went off and, you know, the North Americans did in a parking lot. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the last updates. So, and, you know, and you, you're only like five, two, right? Or five, three, <laughs> like, like five, in, fi five, in figure, what? you would be like class, like A or B, right? Yeah. I should be weighted at like 150. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that because a lot of people hit my Instagram up and they're like, you, you really give us hope for us tall bodybuilders. And I say, what are you talking about? like, what are you like? Six, two. I said, I'm like five, nine, five, nine and a half on a good day. And, and they're like, really? And I'm like, I have maybe I have a shorter torso and longer femurs, so maybe like it gives you like the illusion that I have like, and I have longer limbs, but I'm not like actually tall, right. you know. So <laughs> I guess it like looks like that on the internet. So that and I think it's just the assumption, though. I think it's the assumption when people hear the weight that they're like, "God, he's got to be like six seven six at least. foot or something." But then you, you see a picture of me, you're like, "No, he's he's like he's so he's wider than he is tall." So I'm pretty sure he's only like, I don't know, five six or some shit. <laughs> so here's the deal, guys. So Gary pushed up over 300 pounds. It, it didn't pan out with your progress uh on stage you know it, it it didn't it didn't turn out the way you wanted you didn't gain all that incredible you didn't unlock pro level mass uh with that but you, i know you've changed your your uh your methods you know back then you were just like putting on size by all costs and you inspired like a lot of our listeners to put on size mm -hmm. by all cost and i know that you've changed that now and I thought that a great topic for the show today would be to bring you on and we could all kind of talk about best off-season practices and really focus on what you've learned over the past few years. Yeah, um, I thought that and when, when we say mass at all costs, like people like mistake that and think that like 
that I was undisciplined with my eating mm. or that, uh, you know, I was having daily cheat meals or something. I still stuck to the one, even in the off season, one cheat meal on Saturday night, you know, and it was like I, and if I had something to do on Friday, say a family event, I still wouldn't eat. I would treat it like a prep. However, the food that was off season selected was extremely high calories. Um, the fats were very high. They were probably um, at that point obnoxiously high um, with with that. And uh, I had lower training frequency. So I was in the gym four days a week, which I do like to do in the off season uh, to like maximize recovery. Uh, but I was just pushing a lot of food. Um, but it was, and, it, and it was all bodybuilding food, but it was like, you know, high calorie. Um, and I thought, you know, what... I was getting gassed up online by people who would see photos like, dude, you're not that fat at that weight. But what they, they really didn't see my progress pictures. They didn't see my glutes. They didn't see my lower back. I never showed any of that sort of stuff, the hamstrings on, on Instagram. What you saw was a most muscular shot, which, you know, you should still have cuts in your most muscular shot. That does not mean that you're anywhere near an off proper off season condition. I'm covering my stomach, you know, so, um, you know, when it came down to the prep, uh, the prep started March 2020. I, I trained with Palumbo and it was an absolute avalanche prep um, where when I'm saying that I, I, I went through the 250s, the 250 pound range, probably in a week. Wow. I, I dropped like those 10 pound crews right through that. And then that's at that point, I was like, dude, I don't think I'm going to be a super heavy. I thought the whole time that I was moving up a weight class. And then I was like, and a couple of my buddies like, you look good, but you're going to make 225 and you're and and so I did and I wasn't it it was like more I, I call it like a melted candle look this is last North Americans where I was third third out of fourth call out mm -hmm. uh, in the heavyweights which is obviously falling way short of where we wanted to be I didn't know how it was going to go on stage but I was lean but it was like a melted candle look it wasn't full i don't even know if you could have had me full because of the amount of like how much i dropped down yeah. that that time to get into that uh so it was acceptable for like what what i had to go through but it was such a horrible approach on my end dave didn't have me do that this was before me and dave linked up i showed up at 305 pounds yeah. when dave got me and he was like okay you know there was a lot of there there, there was um there was a lot of T3 involved and that's not a, to say that Dave is just a T3. Cause I know there are people right now that are saying that he uses a ton of T3. Um, it was needed because I was so fat right this year. And we'll, we'll talk about the differences. Yeah. There's no T3. There's no T3 at this point. So it's just, it's completely a different approach. It's, and it's completely ongoing on what, what he sees at the time. So what, it uh, didn't work out. The, the, the mass, the whole getting really big thing didn't work out for me uh, just because my sloppiest parts, which happen to be the most important parts in bodybuilding, the glutes and the hamstrings on stage, just got too fat. And the parts that d didn't really count, like how lean your shoulders are or your arms or something like that, you know, they stayed – in good enough shape in the off season, but those are, they're going to come back no matter what, when he, when I died. Mm -hmm. So what was your, what was your peak weight this off season? 310 Two, being the last one. Uh, th so this one. Okay. So I stayed with Dave this entire time, um, throughout the, throughout the, um, off season. We got off the gear after North Americans completely 12 weeks, nothing. I remember that. Uh, PCT, yeah. we talked PCT, um, he said, I promise you, you won't even know that you're off because you'll be rebounding with the food. Yep. And, 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 and training and it goes, you won't feel this until like week 
six, seven, eight. And I, and he, and he was right. I didn't even know. I, I thought it was, uh, my training was going well. I was looking great and I was looking hard. We were, the diet was a lot more sound going into that. And I stayed with him, um, throughout all the way till April is when the, this prep started for the USA's my peak weight hit, uh, it got up to 277, and at, I remember the email at 277. He goes, "You're bloated. We're turning. We're, we're turning back." And so I, I was around 270 for most of it. I was in the 250s for a while, and then we slowly crept it up. But the, at 277 is when he turned it back, and then prep started soon after that. Nice. Uh, so it was a much better. It wasn't like it was an off season 277, but it wasn't a. Uh, but it, but it wasn't like the three hundred where I looked more like a football player than I yeah. than I did a bodybuilder. That's cool. How far out are you now? What show are you doing? Uh, USA's are is two and a half weeks. It's uh this Friday will be two weeks. Nice man. So, yeah they uh they switched it back to the two day show because when I first got in, I, I thought that the whole show was supposed to be on Friday. Yeah. Prejudging and finals, and then I just happened and I actually my booked my flight home on saturday evening the red eye yeah um and i just happened to check it and it said that the the finals were saturday night so i emailed the promoter real quick i said hey is it saturday and he goes, yeah we changed it back just recently so it's the old style i'm like oh fuck i'm like so i had to res- extend my flight out so thank god i won I, I i looked at that or i would have been on the freaking air the flight home while the finals were happening that's cool <laughs> Yeah, you guys jump in with any questions that you might have for Gary or, or any of your oh. own thoughts too, you know, because I'm I'm curious well, to get your input as well. I'll say because um, I actually snuck in backstage at North Americans last year um, and I saw Gary and like true to like what you're talking about, like you're you could tell that like you had a physique that had gone through like a, Hell. Like, a lot of work. Yeah. Like, like your body was still in shock and wasn't able to peak or wasn't able to, um, you know, re- reload properly and just kind of get to that next step of, uh, filling out and just being crisp and everything. And then like, I've been looking at your pictures lately, been like, Oh wow, he's done a lot of things different this year. Like body yeah. looks fresh, body looks full conditioning looks right on. And just even like, you know, little things you can see in someone's face, like, like not to say that everybody or that, you know, when, when we're dieting and we're working hard, like we're always going to look, you know, beat up and tired. But I feel like there's a different look when someone has had to go through a prep that you described from last year versus like more of a traditional doing things the right way that work for your body uh, prep this time around. You know, I just feel like it's a different look physically, facially, everything top to bottom. I, I agree. And, and to give you an example of how much of the different workload last year, the, my peak cardio was seven days a week, one hour in the morning on the treadmill, one hour at night. This year, I incorporated a lot of s- step counting. I wear the Fitbit on my wrist. I do. Dave knows how many steps I'm doing. It's standardized, so I will go out and just walk, or I'll be at Walmart or wherever. But I make sure I hit the count. I'm only at seven days a week on the treadmill, uh, 35 minutes of cardio fasted. Nice. So I'm not... And then I walk, but when I walk, it's like 1.5 miles an hour, two at the most. And, and, and I'm just like, you know, lolly gang, listen to podcasts or whatever. It's my heart rate's not really going up, but the calories are burning. So it's more gentle on my legs. It's more gentle on my physique, which we all know that I'll do the work, but that doesn't mean it's the best approach because of doing a ton of cardio. Cause it's just going to be, everything's just going to go to the wayside with it. So mm-hmm. a big thing was I right from the beginning had the, the, the Fitbit 
and I was gauging it. I slowly increased it. I'm at 8,000 steps right now. That's not counting the, the 35 minutes I do on the treadmill. So I take it off for that. And then, so the rest of the days I have to hit it uh, 8,000. But, you know, like some people don't respond as well if they have to go into maximum cardio. And I need that to get the fat off. But I still need muscles at the end of this. And you're right. Mm-hmm. I, I did look tired. I, I remember even in the 2018 prep, I had sh- I struggled for junior nationals. I struggled to get down and weight. Uh, Porter had trained me for that, and it was we had to go to zero carb at the end, like for like a few weeks because things were not were not clicking the same way. And I remember Brent Swanson said to me backstage after I placed six, and it was a little little bit of a letdown. And he said, "Your physique just looks tired." Unlike last year, in 2017, mm. I was shredded where everything worked for me in 2017. And I agreed with him. And this year is reminiscent of that 2017 prep where every little thing we changed, it was just like, oh, shit. And, like, and so it's, that gives me confidence. It makes me happy that like, okay, there's going to be a good outcome look-wise in, in, in this sort of thing. Do you feel like um, the uh, – you, you know, obviously – because. Everybody kind of said like, oh, man, he got he gained all that weight and it was just a wash. It, you know, he, he wasn't any bigger on stage after you had time to kind of fill back out uh, after the show and you were eating more food. Do you feel like you had filled out more because, you know, Skip, you taught me something, man. I, I had always said like, man, my legs shrink during cardio. I lose or excuse me, during prep and I lose muscle. And you had pointed out in my situation, you're like, man, I think your legs are just getting flat. And if you had more time that that would all come back and you were right. And I've approached things differently since that time. And I kind of wonder if maybe to any extent that happened with Gary. Uh, I, I agree. I agree with you because obviously we all look good after the show. That's a nerves thing too. We always say that Man, mm-hmm. if I just look like this on stage that I think it, Matt Porter explained to me, because that's also nerves. It's not a magic hamburger that you had between pre right. You just, you're so relaxed. If you can mimic that relaxed state going into prejudging, you could be pretty good. Uh, but everybody's on edge at that point. They're all trying to win. So it's um, – but every year, I remember from 2018 when I said that I was tired and Matt was known for bringing in you in flat. He did not like to overly fill you out and have you to load it to the gills. And I was very flat on stage, very tired looking, and I ate and I came back and took pictures – the next day, and I my glutes were striated, which they really weren't on stage. And I said to my wife, I said, "Is you think I'm filled out right now? I said, do you think if I went like this? And she goes, you probably would have did better. So I think that if there was just a little bit more time now, from what Dave, Dave's a little bit different, he's old school, so he will, he will feed you. Like, he's very... Um, He's not afraid to say, you know, he loves the McDonald's and shit. So he, yeah, he he's does. not afraid to send you for the quarter pounder and, and fries. And if it, if it needs another one, he'll send you again. Whereas mm-hmm. I think that I think that that's like a that's his approach, but that's also like a wisdom thing of do, doing it for a thousand years that he's he's done it before. Whereas <laughs> like a, I, I'm a, I'm a new coach and I've only had a few cl- of local clients under my hands and and I've been very like afraid to get those guys to that point where like to know like we got to fill this guy out harder instead of just like destroying them further, thinking that their glutes are going to come in better. You know, that's, that's just because I'm uh, inexperienced in it. And I explained to these clients before, like, if you don't want to train, they they always want to do off season with me. I say, if you want to go to somebody else for prep, that's fine. I I, I don't have a lot of experience. Like, no, well, I'll I'll stick it out with you. And you know, I said, all right. So 
we could try it out. Then. <laughs> but it, but it is, but it is. Um, the the timing can be a little bit longer. It's just like I think a lot of people are really afraid to spill over. I've never mm-hmm. gotten to that point before. I've always been probably out of shape and flat, which is like the worst of both worlds. So yeah. You know, I know you've got your critics, especially when it comes to the weight gain and everything else. And Scott touched on this, too. But I think it should be noted that, well, first, fuck your critics. And I hope that you've got that, you know, that that mindset anyway. And I'm pretty sure you do. But you also, you know, because it doesn't work for everybody. Some people can actually, and especially the gifted, the more gifted and genetically predisposed people to be able to put on a lot of size, they actually respond very well to the eat everything that they can get their hands on sort of thing and, and grow in the off season. I can appreciate that it, you stepped out of the box in the sense that it didn't used to be outside of the box, but it is now hmm. to be able to get that way. And at least I think, and I'm asking you, I guess, cause I'm thinking how I would think that you would approach this or how you'd feel about it now, but I could be wrong. You now know because you went and did it, you can kind of shelf it and go, okay, I went that route it didn't work as well, so now I can move on with a different approach. And there are other people out there, and some of your critics may even be like this. They might criticize, but they're thinking to themselves, I don't know, maybe, because I've never done that. Maybe I could grow that way too. But you know now, at least, that that's not the approach that's going to work for you, and you're able to put it behind you, and you evolve then with your off-season approach from there. I mean, am I pretty close? You're, you're, you're spot on. You're spot on. Yeah. And I'm the kind of guy who uh, – he needs to see it for himself to be able to like mm-hmm. do it. Um, you know, uh, it's just the novelty of saying you're 300 pounds is obviously passed. I've already done that. I've checked that box off. That doesn't, it's not something that interests me anymore. I could, but I, I at one point was obsessed with it, whether it was justified or not. Um, I I'm past that now and know that I don't have to hit 300 pounds anymore. Um, I also can realize that, I'm my body's a heavyweight. It, you know, stop trying to be a super heavyweight. Um, I don't know if that day will ever come. I'm I'm confident. Everybody thinks for some reason I'm gonna be a super heavyweight. The show I will make. I'm two thirty three right now, and we're about to make a hard drop soon. So I will make two twenty five easy. We have, you know, like twenty days to do it. Um, so that's not a problem. But yeah, I just needed to find out for myself that 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 didn't work, and mm-hmm. then go from and go from there it's it's the same thing even this last off season i was so obsessed for some reason i had never taken test suspension and i was like oh i heard it's crazy i heard it you'll you'll, you'll be so aggressive jim my buddy goes dude it's probably stupid you're probably not going to notice anything different it's certainly not going to make you a raging psycho in the gym like they're like it's not pcp so it's like (laughs) and 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 i took it and i'm just like this is stupid and I don't feel any different than I did, except for my shoulder hurts now. Hurts like hell. <laughs> I'm like, my shoulder hurts and it's swollen. And yeah. I don't want to do this again tomorrow for the training session. Yeah. And I realized this is not worth it. And now we've swept that under the rug. And now we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. So it's like, you just have to kind of like trial and error, learn it for yourself. The same thing. So, you know, I, I had this smarter approach this year. I, I saw everything work better. I saw for the first time that, like I said, the step count was working. That's something I would take into my off season, you know, uh, this coming time to control weight. 
so that I don't do a lot of Dave doesn't have me do a lot of like treadmill cardio in the off season, a couple days a week, 30 minutes or whatever it is. But if I'm managing my steps, I'll probably have better off season condition even than last off season. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I see Zuri. Oh, I saw Zuri for just yeah, like a split that was second. Linus. Oh, that yeah, was Linus. Yeah, sorry. With don't, cat heaven here. <laughs> hey, uh, we got a question from Nick Ficolo. He's a client of mine, and I know he's a big Gary Turner fan too. This is kind of something I had uh, I had kind of wanted to ask you too. Just basically looking for almost, uh, you know, how would you, the advice you would give to, you know, the, the people that are newer than you that are listening Gary, would you at least say to try to get as big as possible at least once in the off season? I think he means like in once in your life. Mm-hmm. I it, it's funny you say that because when I when I'm a critic of the bulking like the crazy bulk, I've done it twice in my life. I've done it in 2014 and I missed 300, and it was even worse than the 300 that was in 2019 and 2020. Um, when I criticize myself from doing it, I have Adam McVeigh um, who always says, but you you probably needed to do that at least one time in your life uh, and it probably helped you grow. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I do think that people should at least try to whatever their capability is. It doesn't have to be 300 pounds, but to try to get big as possible with bodybuilding food. That doesn't mean that you get a pizza every day. Yeah. Um, that's stu- that's stupid. But with bodybuilding food, one, so you can learn how it is to feel to eat. Two, they they should have their training in, in queue. You should be doing progressive overload with that. That's another thing that I changed also in this <clears> prep <throat> is I and, and off season I logged every workout, every set, every rep, um, and I and I stuck to the same movements. I switched movements out when I was regressing in it. I never used to do that. I used to be a volume guy, and I used to just go, well, you know. Uh, you know, the squat looks good at this point of the workout. Now it's like literally the squat is the last thing that I'm doing on leg day. And, and it's, this, it's a set thing. So I think that somebody should have that lined up as well as, yeah, if they want to push the calories at least once, preferably when they're younger, um, because I don't think that anybody, I'm going to say over the age of 40, if so, you know, older listeners should be pushing that, that kind of body weight. It could become unsafe, um, you know, you know, we see a lot of bad shit happen and people don't bounce back the same way that they do. You should not be 40 or 50 years old over 300 pounds. It's not going to be good for your heart. You just Ooh. crushed my dreams, Gary. I, I know. <laughs> but people ask, me, people ask me, when do you plan on retiring? I, I, I say, well, I'm not doing this after 40. And they're like, well, why not? I said, because I've been heavy for most of my bodybuilding career. And who knows what kind of stress that has. And at a 40-year-old or, you know, or, or later you don't bounce back. I mean, I've, I have obviously gear usage. It's, it's not crazy high, but it's not low either. And it, and I've been doing that since I was about 20 years old. I'm 33 now. So I'm respectful of that age that you, you sometimes you don't come back not to sound morbid. You got to get out and you got to get your body weight down. Like, like I'm, I'm planning on being like 210 and like athletic. It's just, you mm-hmm. have to get like that. If I was a bantam weight, I'd probably compete forever. You know, you're probably not putting that much stress on. You're not taking that much gear and you're not, uh, you know, big dogs die sooner than small dogs. It's just how it really, how it goes. And I'm not trying to be in that, that, you know, list. We got some pictures for I know for the audio listeners, they won't be able to see this, but I snagged these pictures off of your Instagram, Gary, 
We got a side try here and a front lat spread. Andrew, what were you saying about having seen him before? Because this does, like this is these look strong. I know Gary, you were saying before the show that this is not your favorite pose. And Andrew, you had commented that you had recognized that in the past. So I first uh, I, I first learned of Gary I think back in like 2013 or 14 on the Geared Up page um, that Adam used to run McVeigh. And then we happened to, I brought my client Nate Spear down uh, to the 2016 Junior USAs, and that's where we met Gary. And I think that's the first time I've seen him on stage, at least in person. And I, and he had commented that these were his two worst shots or that he, that he liked the least. And I immediately said that uh, the front lat spread to me has improved so much since 2016 where, because I remember seeing that when he hit that shot, I've been like, Oh, that's not a good shot for him back then. But now, like, I think it's a powerful shot. It shows a, a much better taper. The quads have come up big time. The shoulder to waist ratio is really nice. Um, and he's controlling his midsection really well, which I think he, even he said was a hard thing for him to do back in 2016. So I just immediately noticed the improvement right off the bat. So, yeah, and, it's, and the side the side try. I think when we're at the stay on stage, I think it's a decent shot for me. It's not like the, my best shot. It is the most one of the most difficult for me to execute, though. Like for most of the year, um, just because my stomach will come out. So that right there is like tucking. We're, we're tucking hard on that to hit when I hit that yep. picture. The front the front lat is just something that I just stuck at. It's stuck with over and over. I I. You know, even after this podcast is done, I have a posing session for 30, 30, 40 minutes. I do it with my buddy, Frank Manorino. Um, and it's like people – that's the worst part of bodybuilding. It's not the gym. It's not the diet. It's not being hungry. It's those fucking posing sessions. And mm. it's not just like, okay, switch pose, quarter turn. It's like we're holding something for like 30 seconds. Then he makes you sit in the front, relax for a minute. He goes, okay, the judges are calculating your yep. scores. Keep your stomach in, keep your stomach in, and it, it fucking sucks. You're sweating profusely. But, I mean, that, that teaches opposing stamina. It also will help with conditioning. But I tinkered with this front lat spread for a really, really long time, you know, both in the sessions and by myself with, okay, if I kick my hips back a little bit, if I move my hands a little, so, you know, if I push my fists in on my hips a little bit more, where are my elbows going? Oh, my shoulders are too high. And, like, you know, so it's I, – I messed with that a lot. But, yeah, the stomach control is I'm trying to do like a mini vacuum right there. I don't hmm. want to make it look like a classic type vacuum. Um, but it's just enough to keep my lower abs flat because if I just hit that without like pot, like tucking it in, you, you'll see my stomach will be out. Hmm. So it's it's just really like you either have a flat stomach or you control your stomach. Pick one, hmm. pick one of the, the, the two, you know. I wonder if the listeners are curious. I know I am. As far as your, you know, you're touching on the control of the abdomen, TVA, things like that. Did you do something like, did you have a protocol to actually train the TVA or did you, when you say that you worked on control of the lower abs, was that specifically, at least for you, just with the posing itself? No, it was, I do uh, vacuums um, every morning when I wake up. I do 10 rounds where I'll blow it all out. I'll stand in the mirror. I usually just like, you know, just like a front lat or, or maybe sometimes I even do like a front double bicep in the mirror, blow all the air out, suck in as hard as I can with, you know, right out of bed. Um, and then as hard as I can. And then I, when I release, I don't release my stomach out. I, I blow it out like so then you're like a flat, like a, like a six pack. And you stand there until you, about 10 breaths, 12, 15 breaths through the nose 
Because if you breathe through your mouth, then your stomach will start coming out. So through the nose. And then once you get yourself together, blow it out again and do 10 rounds. That takes about 10 minutes to do. Obviously, I tan in tanning beds right now because I'm like black even as it is. And I do through the entire session of laying in the tanning bed, I will be doing vacuums laying on my back. That's just not that you're ever going to pose on your back, but it's just also easier to really pull that stomach, like your navel, almost through your spine while you're laying down. And it's just for extra help. Plus, I'm laying there, so why as well like get some extra practice in of stomach control and stuff like that. So it's just like things like that. And then of course, you know, while you're posing, like being aware of what your stomach looks like and coordinated with what your breathing looks like. I, I know that if I keep my mouth closed on stage and breathe shortly through my nose, that my stomach probably won't move that much. Huh. Once I start mouth breathing to try and it's like huffing, then we are, we're in big trouble you know, with that, with that sort of thing. So it's very like, um, you have to find the right cadence and you guys know, you guys have been on stage, but you have to find, I, I found the right cadence and that took practice. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Anything else we should touch on with Gary? Cause I feel like we're just scratching the surface here, you know? <clears throat> yeah. I've got a question uh, real quick. I, if Andrew started opening his mouth, so I don't want to jump in in front of him. If he's got something, he kind of went, <laughs> uh, I'm curious uh, your thoughts on uh, actually two things, and I'll be as quick as I can so we can move on. The Sorry, writers man. of Grey, the writers of Grey's Anatomy have gone this season to focusing on the COVID pandemic, and I'm wondering how you feel about that. <laughs> is it, based on the fact that we've moved through the pandemic, so now it's like coming out again in such a popular show like Grey's Anatomy. And they're great writers, I'm sure you agree, but I wondered how you felt. <laughs> how you felt about kind of reliving that thing and kind of like, Oh my God, is it enough already? <laughs> Want to hear something funny is I've seen the craziest, crazy anatomy along with the COVID <laughs> episodes. Uh, I, 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 I stopped watching the season because of it. I'm like, Oh okay. my God, they incorporate the whole thing. Not I'm that right I'm there sure. like the fourth episode. The only thing that's holding yeah. me is I like that. She's dancing with the people who have passed. I think that's a great thing. One more thing. Who sure. was the bigger dick last night, Conor McGregor or Dustin Poirier after the fight? Uh, Conor. I, okay, I couldn't I, – I wasn't sure because I don't know the history, but I, I thought they were kind of both dicks about it. Yeah, <laughs> I just let, didn't let know me who was the bigger dick. Let, let, oh, Dustin was – I don't know if I would have handled it that way, but I used to be a huge Conor McGregor fan, like the early Conor McGregor fan, 2015, the hungry guy that was the plumber that wanted to – he came up, he's decimating through everybody. Motivational, the underdog. Once he got rich, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't take that money, but yeah, right. he changed and he got civilized, and that's the reason why he can't win anymore. Is hmm. he got he got civilized, and he's not a, a, a beast anymore that he was, and he's distracted by the money, he's distracted by the limelight, he can't get out of it. And Dustin is isn't at this point; he still has stuff to prove. And I don't like that Connor sells tickets at the expense of disrespecting the family. Um, mm-hmm. And then goes that way. I don't even like when the, I, I, like, I like when the bodybuilders bicker and go back and forth, and it makes it interesting. And this is such a boring sport. They don't, I hate that shit. I yeah, hated the blessing, the Nick Walker shit. Um, I hate even worse when they set it up. I remember mm-hmm. Nick Tregilly set up with Kevin Jordan one year for Nationals, and they were like, actually friends. Like, I think that I hate that everybody's going after Nick Walker, William Bonick, or whatever. Like it's it's all. Everyone's like, well, bodybuilding is not interesting. I'm like, dude, it's a different thing. This isn't a combat sport. You don't need to try right. to sell the Arnold. 
We knew that Nick Walker was going to beat Blessing. You didn't need to sell it like to be anything, <laughs> anything like that. I think that in this sport, really, humility goes a long way. I'm not saying confidence because people think that like Walker is not humble because he's confident that he's going to win the Olympia. I think that that's stupid. I don't think he thinks he's better than anybody. I think he just believes in his own abilities. Hmm. And I don't think that – I think that in our sport, you could be humble because everybody's doing the same thing. We're not fighting like Conor McGregor is. We all go to the gym. We all lift the same 100-pound dumbbells. And I think that it's just – it's just um, – it's, I think it's just so fabricated. I think it's very out of place. And I think that the, the fans that like that sort of thing, honestly, are just like bored. They're probably bored with bodybuilding. I mean, that's just my take on it. I, I, I just roll my eyes when I see that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Gary, you're the, uh, you're, you're, you know, what did Dave, uh, uh, David Johnston called you? Uh, what was the title <clears throat> of our show? He called Gary Turner the original grinder. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you can't uh you can't lose your darkness, man. We we you know that's that's what you've got on your side. And I think that's one of the reasons people enjoy following you, man. You're like, you know, trust me, I don't think that there's any kind of contracts coming my way anytime soon that are going to like make me into like some lose your darkness for like living in some like mansion because of it. It's not, it doesn't doesn't work that way. But but my mindset but but my mindset did uh change a little bit recently like when David like said that about me. I, I used to get a lot very hard time like on the internet and stuff when I first joined Animal and stuff like that, where like people would just like rip me. I mean, I got like death threats in my like in, in my uh, DMs. I mean, I've been ripped apart by Boston Lloyd publicly after the Junior Nationals, and it was just it was. I used to thrive off that sort of shit where I kind of just like would like. Um, I'll show them. And, and that drove me until I got to a certain point. Maybe it was maturity. Maybe I was more secure with my physique now. And and I, I do have a lot more support. And I try to, like, use that positivity to um, to drive me now, to prove those people right. And and, and that's kind of how I handle it. I, I If somebody writes something negative or DMs me, I just block them. Hmm. I, and and I, I have my laundry list of block things. I don't even deal with it. Half of them, I don't even look. I know it's going to be bad. Like, I'll right. see, like, you bitch or something and like immediately I don't read the rest of it and, yeah. and, and I just how it goes like that rather than always being pissed off and that's kind of just how I changed it but it's the motivational side I'll always be the grinder because I'm always going to be like trying to um, it's always going to be an upward battle even I mean the, the shows or both you know if I if the USA's and then if I need it the North Americans after they're all going to be upward battles none of them are going to be easy for me um, so it's just the way that that whole thing goes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I also say that, uh, you know, you're one of the few people that Matt Porter gave compliments to, uh, in reference to your work ethic, uh, yeah. publicly. So to me, like, you know, someone who's worked or did work with so many people and some really high level and, and people that he got into great condition, I think that says a lot about your character that he singled you out to say that, you know, you were one of the grinders, like the guy that he thought of that would do anything he said to get in shape, whatever it was. So I think it's a testament to your character for sure. Yeah, that was that, when Matt said that, or he he said it to me, but he also wrote it on a Instagram post, like after one show or something. That meant a lot to me because uh, honestly, in the beginning when I first joined with Matt, and and you guys all have clients, and you don't know what they're going to be about in the beginning, so you can't like give them too much credit. But then you just develop a relationship with them, and. I always wanted to prove to Matt that I was good. 
Um, I, I didn't know if it was going to be a good physique, but it was going to be like a hard worker. I wanted him to like respect me in that manner right. and, right. and and just get his respect. And I got it after the first show because he put me through the most violent prep. I'm talking – he had me in the gym four days – four times a day, seven days a week oh for three God. hit sessions and one training on 50 grams of carbs at about 10 weeks out to the show. And it, <laughs> he he goes – he told me, he goes, I don't know how you're doing it. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm on autopilot. Was it optimal? No. I was fat going into it. Matt just didn't do it. But getting that respect uh, from him was, was – meant a lot to me. Um you know, and I just actually posted about him the other day wearing, wearing the uh, in memory shirt. But the, um, you know, it's just have I was always trying to prove to him that I was good rather than like try to like prove to like anybody else. And uh, you know, of course, it was you know it was, it was very sad. You know what what happened with him, but like in a way, I'm still kind of trying. I, I I bring him to the gym with me. I bring him to the shows with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I hope that I can make him proud. Whether that's a pro card or you know good placing or something like that because you know uh, when he prepped me he was also a real realistic guy he wasn't ever he, he would never tell me hey you're gonna win or so he he always say we'll see how it goes because he didn't know with me i wasn't one of those guys that just you could like this guy's gonna kill everybody so it's like he he, he was realistic with me so i just hope that like you know it's you know at some point he, he's watching and he, he'll say like, oh, the son of a bitch like kept it going or something like that I think it speaks volumes to his impact on not only the sport, but on individuals because we're talking about him and we're not the only people talking about him this weekend, last weekend, next weekend, three years from now. So um, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. It's a, you know, we all, we all hope to, you know, leave legacies or mm-hmm. have impacts on people like that. And, you know, you know, it's just a, uh, I mean, he did a good, he did a lot for the the industry, at least on like mm-hmm. our level of guys. You know, he broke into like the the you know the Jay Cutlers and stuff like that a little bit, but you know, especially the guys that were on all the forums and stuff like that. He was a mainstay, and there, there's been plenty of times, even with things that are happening in the bodybuilding world, I'm like man, if Porter was here, man, he would have been jumped in right now on this sort of thing and be going crazy about it or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Gary, we appreciate your time, man, and. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm sure I can speak for everybody that uh, I'm excited. We're excited to to see how things go, man. This is this is going to be like a, I think a redemption for last year is really what it's going to come down to. Oh yeah, and and listen, I I know it's going to be my best look day. I know everybody says that, but I know that, and that's why I'm so like confident and calm about it. And I have a, just a different mindset going towards this, where I'm not looking at all these other people going, I have to win or I'm a failure. It's right. Am I going to be the best that I? That, am I going to be the best that I, I I have ever been? Yes. Have a, we're already there? We're already there right now. It's just going to get better in the next two and a half weeks, and it's for. I I, I looked at around at everybody at North Americans last year, and I'm like, man, I would have killed to be tenth place at this show because I was, you know, I was in third call. I was you didn't get a placing at that point, and I'm, and you're like, what would you have done to be tenth place? I'm like, I would have been really fucking happy. So it's. If I could just improve from if I'm I was in third call out last time. If I get to the second call out, well, that's that's an improvement, and then mm-hmm. everything past that is even better. We'll see what happens, but I think that I can I'll, I'll move up. So you know, I mean, that's the kind of clarity and mindset that I'm trying to keep rather than be like, 
like go in there and like mean mug everybody because it's just not good for your cortisol and you know everybody's mm. going to be good. You're not going to dodge a whole lineup and find yourself in like all these bad competitors and you and like <laughs> so just relax and just see what happens. Which is a new mindset for me because it wasn't like that last year. I like yeah. that. That's cool. Hey, if uh, if people want to follow along with what you're doing, how do they follow you on social media? And do you have codes for animal and stuff like that too? Um, it's uh, the underscore real underscore G S I X on Instagram. That's I'm on it all the time. So if you shoot me a DM, I will respond and probably pretty quickly. Um, animal doesn't have a code, uh, but I'm on uh, live. I'm with live large uh, fitness, which is an apparel company. They make all like lifting like t-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that's G six ten is a, a code that I have. And I'm also a sponsor with gym pin. If you know, those like the pins that you put in the stacks to extend the stacks. Yes. Um, it's G six ten also on that as well. Nice man. Hey, send me those links after we're done and I will drop those in the description. And, so if you guys want to check them out, go for it. And last but not least, I just want to also shout out my, my meal prep sponsor, but you got to be within New Jersey. Um, and in certain areas of New Jersey, it's Coronado's Clean Cuisine. If you're in the Ocean or Monmouth County, uh, it's G610 as well. He does in-store and he does delivery to Ocean and Monmouth County. Unfortunately, if you're outside of that or if you're in another state, he doesn't ship uh, outside of that yet. Not yet. Not yet, but he, he's looking to do it. Cool. Well, guys, for another uh, another episode here at Think Big, Bodybuilding Media, Blood, Sweat, and Gear, we got Andrew Barry Skiphill and our special guest, Gary Turner. Gary, thanks, brother. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me, guys.